as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Let's get an update from the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. Our port. Ed Campidano is the chief of our port of Brownsville. I know that there was a recent report in the newsletter looking at the economic impact of our port and how growth over the past 10 years has been rather significant. If you want to share some of the numbers that we've seen at our port, chief. Well, I think, uh, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, the last 10 years have been pretty substantial. Uh, and really, if you look at it, even the last five years have been very, very good for us. I mean, we've shown growth all the way across the board. We've showed growth in tonnages, uh, uh, cargo moves through the port of Brownsville. Uh, we've more than doubled in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen incremental growth uh, every year in the five to seven percent pretty steady some years better some years not so good uh, of course that translates into not only commodity movements it also translates into revenue uh, you know our revenues have been uh, very good over the course of that period uh, and it also means that you're starting to see growth uh, inside the port not only with uh, potential new cargoes but also the fact that our Terminals are growing. Uh, we're seeing expansion from our existing customers over that period. That's good, as well as new customers coming into the port. So all of those issues bode well. Uh, the port is also very, very well positioned over the next 10 years with all of the announcements that we've had in the last three or four uh, with the big projects. Uh, that's going to be substantial. I mean, the port is positioned to triple uh, its numbers over the next uh, decade or going through the end of the decade. So we're in very, very good shape going forward as well. On the tonnage side, 15.2 million tons of diverse cargo. Is most of that That's, steel, though, Chief? I mean, let's get the heaviest uh, I out will there. tell you that the number one bulk commodity, in other words, the, the one single one is going to be, by volume, uh, is going to be steel, and it's slab steel. I think this year we're going to move uh, possibly anywhere between 5.2 to 5.6 million tons. So that is the number one, but you're also seeing uh, on the liquid On the refined product market, you know, with the liquid commodities, that's also strong growth. Uh, We've seen uh, input in in other uh, steel trades. You know, over the last 18 months, we've seen quite a bit of aluminum, increase in the aluminum coming through the port. And that stands to reason in the sense that as you see the automobile manufacturing Mm -hmm. in Mexico begin to scale up uh, post-COVID, you know, a lot of the new automobile uh, manufacturers are incorporating aluminum into their uh, construction, uh, trying to make vehicles lighter, more efficient. So we've seen quite an uptake on aluminum as well. So, um, But, you know, our aggregate movements are continue to stay robust. Uh, 
we see uh, a pretty you know diverse group of, of cargo cement is continuing to grow as it comes through the port same thing with sugar uh, we you know we we move a lot of bulk sugar for domestic consumption through the port of Brownsville so it's not just the steel it's 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 actually you know growing across the board so we're excited about that you know we've always wanted not to put all our eggs in one basket so the more we can diversify the better off. Uh, we will be to you know weather any any blips in market. So uh, we're we're doing well. Ed Campirano is director of the Port of Brownsville, the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville, and with operating revenue for the 22 season, 2022, 38 million bucks is what had been reported compared to yeah, you know, and you yeah. cross the 30 million dollar mark. Where does all that money go, yeah. Chief? Do we reinvest? What happens with all that revenue? Yeah, what, one of the things, yes, you know, we are. Uh, the the port runs uh you know the business we run it like like you know you heard that comment let's run it like a business well in our case you know we have to we don't rely on any tax revenue for port operations so all of the revenue that we use for capital improvements that we use for investment is is basically reinvesting i'll give you an example you know our uh, this year we'll probably break 40 million dollars in in operating revenue for the first time in the history of the port wow. and uh, our operating expenses have always been in the 18 19 uh, million dollars so you know at the end of the day you can kind of almost look at you know we we put back 50 cents on the dollar uh, sometimes higher back into the bottom line every year so um, you know that revenue is what we've been able to um, accumulate over time put us in a position to make major capital improvements uh, our last report on our cash on hand and investments that we have uh, was 108 million. So you know we're in very good financial shape. But again, uh, nothing that you do at the port is small. Uh, you know that Dock 11 project that we talked about the other day, where we got 11 and a half million dollars, where the estimated cost of the whole project is 35. So that difference comes from the port, but mm-hmm. you know the re- re- uh, road improvements that we're doing right now at a little over six billion, we're paying for that ourselves. All of the capital we do. So again, we don't depend on tax or any other form of of uh, of revenue that we get from either state government or federal government. Ports have to generate their own income, and so uh, that money gets put back into uh, the port operations, and really more importantly, gets put back into port capital improvements. Ed Campirano, um, he's the director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Browns. We're getting an economic status report uh, for our uh, port. Uh, I guess all that expanding revenue, Chief, all those millions of millions of dollars more coming in as the port continues to grow, seems like exponentially now. Uh, looks like you got some extra money for maybe more, I don't know, maybe some more uh, cranes uh, for those barges well, with some cargo containers. Uh, 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 yeah. well, absolutely, absolutely. But what I will tell you, I mean, you know, the biggest project, obviously, is the deepening of the ship channel. I mean, we still have a cost to bear on that major project, uh, even though a lot of the money is coming from our private sector partners and some of it from the federal government you know, the port share is still going to be substantial. So, you know, we, we can't lose sight of those big major projects. Because without those, we can't expand. But yes, uh, new cranes, uh, new equipment, uh, you know, dock upgrades, all those things have to occur uh, as we continue to keep up with the growth of the port. The Maquilas Monterrey area, Saltillo, northern Mexico, the industrial north, usually a leading indicator of what's taking place in the economy because as the orders uh, either come in or don't to those suppliers 
And those components and those manufacturers in the industrial north of Mexico are usually an indication of where the economy is headed around here. And I'm guessing by all the aluminum and steel that you're shoveling over to Monterrey and Saltillo and other places, I'm guessing uh, there's still a lot of strength in U.S. manufacturing and, and northern Mexico manufacturing. Well, without a doubt. I mean, our biggest influence in terms of not only the border region, but it's the Monterrey area all the way up to San Luis Potosi. And, and you're so right, especially with that kind of commodity with the steel movements and the uh, uh, aluminum movements. But, you know, we also fuel the frontera in terms of, you know, trucking, in terms of lubricants for industry. All of that comes through the port of Brownsville. So, again, our business is very heavily influenced by uh, the economics of Mexico and the integrated economy yeah. that we have here in the region. Uh, you know, our rail car moves, you know, 85% of our rail car moves are going into Mexico. And, uh, you know, we're the railroad's largest customer. We will probably move more than 80,000 loaded rail cars this year, which over the last four years, our railroad has been growing at a roughly 20% clip every year. Right. And every year in the last four or five years, we've eclipsed the record 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000. We'll go over 80 this time. So, it won't be too long nice. before we're going nice. over 100,000 cars a year. Have we ever been named, has our port ever been named the official port of Monterrey of manufacturing? No, no, no. I don't uh, think I wonder we if have. Could, uh, uh, you yeah. know. Well, you know, I mean, for uh, obviously we're a very important port to uh, northern Mexico, Monterrey. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, the... That would be a nice uh, label, a nice badge to have if we could finagle that with a Monterrey EDC, Northern Mexico uh, Economic Post. But anyway, just something to think about. Thank you, Chief. Uh, continued success. Ed Campinano, he's the director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. It's up to all small businesses in Brownsville. And this is for citywide, not just downtown Brownsville. All small businesses across Brownsville. There is a new big piggy bank. Uh, some money available to you to help improve your business. Efren Trujillo is Director of Grants and Community Development. Efren, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for joining us on KURV. So what can you tell me about this new program, and what's the opening and closing date for this new grant? Yes, uh, good morning. Thank you for the invitation. So yes, this new grant program um, is going to be available in January. A uh, little bit of back to the history of the program itself. Um, the city of Brownsville received $65 million through ARPA, um, funding and designated 2.62 million for cultural and tourism. 
as of now, we have uh, given out um, close to $2.16 million to nonprofit organizations, and now we only have 460000 available. So our goal is to help small business and also nonprofit organizations with up to $10,000 for their uh, needs that they have from uh, marketing to retention to staffing operations. So um, our goal is to be able to disperse $10,000 to them and help them. Uh, one of the major things is they had to be established prior to March 2019, which is uh, prior to COVID. So this is uh, money coming from the federal government to assist a small business and nonprofit organization. Can they make some capital expenditures with that, buy some equipment, some stuff they need for production? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So uh, they'll, they'll be able to, to utilize those funds for that. All right. Are you focusing on certain parts of the city, or is this is this uh, citywide, all of Brownsville? All of Brownsville. We do have preferences. Uh, we want to make sure that we assist those businesses that haven't received any type of assistance during COVID. Uh, there's uh, PPP programs or uh, shattered venues uh, programs that were provided during COVID, and there's other programs uh, around the city itself. We do have preferences. Uh, we will have three preferences for those that have not received any type of federal assistance. So, uh, and there's also certain flexibility to tap documentation. I know a lot of businesses, you know, don't have uh, the the resources as other major uh, organizations as well as small businesses that do have the documentation ready. So we want to focus on those uh, mom and pops doesn't necessarily mean that they're the only ones that qualify. Um, they have to have gross revenue under $1.5 million. If they're a restaurant, uh, no more than $3 million. So it's still, it's still, you consider a big, no, a big amount, but still uh, very focused on. Um, <laughs> 10,000 bucks is 10,000 bucks. Yeah, that's quite a bit for some small businesses. Yeah. Efren Trujillo, Director of Grants and Community Development for Brownsville. Mr. Trujillo, Tim Sullivan here. Is this money that, uh, let's say, some downtown businesses can use for things like storefront improvements, uh, building renovations, refurbishings, things like that? This one is very strictly just for for, for the operation, the staffing, mm -hmm. um, any type of marketing. Um, obviously, there's other other uh, funding available for um, facade improvements uh, okay. for downtown uh, businesses. Uh, but this is more marketing operational. So the type of businesses you're targeting for, for that then would be would be what? Yeah. So so mainly uh, most of the businesses that are going to be targeted would be those uh, businesses that um, didn't get any PPP programs, uh, shadow venues, um, any other programs because there's multiple programs out there in, in, in Brownsville for assistance. So, um, you know, typically the only thing we're going to be requiring for uh, businesses will be um, address of their property and that they're um, registered with the Secretary of State or self-employed, right, whichever of them may be uh, fit for those businesses. So it's just helping them for the operation. I know it's $10,000. Mm -hmm. For some businesses, $10,000 could be uh, a lot. For other businesses, yeah. depending on, on their Revenue streams could be just an assistance, right? Uh, but we're trying to to make that major impact for those businesses that really uh, have hurt during COVID, still are hurting, and they're looking for some uh, support on that end. Yeah. So it's money. It's grant money straight to them. Do they do they have to do anything at all to get the money? 
other than, I guess, apply for it. But All right. So other, other than and applying and, and providing the required documentation, um, which just to reiterate, it is federal uh, funding coming through the city through small business. So it's only going to be for um, of application process and we do plan to have some uh, workshops as well as technical assistance both in English and Spanish to help all small businesses to hopefully uh, get the assistance. We only have $460,000 available so mm -hmm. we're looking around 46 uh, small uh, businesses as well as nonprofit organizations uh, to assist. You said it was uh, like a month-long application process starting in January? Correct. So we'll when we'll month? have our application process open January. Uh, in January. So we'll have 30 days. Our goal is to uh, deplete the $460,000 that we have. Uh -huh. uh, if we see, uh, we do have three major categories. One, let's think about it like this. It's uh, anybody that hasn't received any assistance, there'll be uh, preference number one or group number one. Then group number two would be any other um, organization or small business that has received any uh, any particular assistance. So there'll be group two, and their group three would be any other business that has received any um, federal assistance okay. during COVID. They'll also be in that process. But we really want to focus on those that haven't received any type of assistance in the past. Efren Trujillo, a director of grants and community development, City of Brownsville. New grant program kicks in, application process kicks in January, be a 30-day application process. Again, the qualification for this among them, you, your business uh, should have been up and running prior to, what was it, first quarter 2019, right, Efren? That's correct. Okay. March uh, 2019. March 2019, you should have been up and running. First come, first serve. Uh, you did kind of mention uh, a strata that you'll be making decisions based on, but it, what is it, first come, first serve, or will there be a selection process for this? Yes, yes, so we'll have the different groups. Group one would be uh, first come, first serve, obviously see what where you fit in. Group one would be uh, any, any uh, business that hasn't received any type of assistance. We do have criteria for preference that uh, didn't receive any fin financial assistance, so it'll be group one. And then group two would be those that, um, are outside a certain qualifier within the city of Brownsville, there will be group three, group two, sorry, and group three would be anyone within the city, uh, business or small business that are going to be And interested. you'll need to explain on the application what the money will be used for, I'm guessing, right? That's correct. Okay. We, we will have a portal available, so it'll be, we'll be taking both, but uh, obviously uh, technology nowadays is easier to yeah, just go just in the application, quickly. but we, we're still going to be providing uh, tangible assistance. Our goal is to have two different venues within the library in, in the city of Brownsville to right. provide the information and also assist uh, with technical, you know, um, technology also is another deterrent for any small business or nonprofit organization that don't have the capacity. So we'll be able to provide that support as well yeah. so they could uh, go ahead and apply. Well, that's a pretty good way to start uh, next year. We've got about 40 some odd different businesses getting a $10,000 infusion starting in, what, February, March? When do you think those checks start going out to the different small businesses for Browns? Yeah, I, I, would, say, I would say around um, March okay. uh, after we review and make sure that um, we, we check all the boxes, right? And then uh, I think by March we'll be able to disperse the funding. Okay, well, best of luck. If, and again, this is for all small businesses across Brownsville and that $10,000 grant that kicks in, the application kicks in in January. Uh, go to the city website. Or which which website, if it? 
Yes. So uh, make sure you all follow us on, on, on Facebook. Our social media will be uh, sending out the flyers. We'll also put it on the website. Um, if you all have any particular uh, questions regarding the program, feel free to uh, give us a call at our uh, phone number, 956-548-6167, um, or you just shoot me an email, uh, efren.trujillo at bronzotx.gov, okay. and we'll be there to assist. And again, that's the city of Brownsville uh, social media site, right, Efren? That's correct. Okay, On brother. Facebook social media for the city of Brownsville. Good luck, Efren. Thanks, Efren. Efren Trujillo, Director of Grants and Community Development for Brownsville. Only News Talk Station, News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. And we'd like to welcome to the program our new mayor for the city of Huesaco, Adrian Gonzalez. Mayor, congratulations on your recent victory and for folks that are not familiar with you, tell us about yourself, Mayor. Uh, you, your career, how you pay the bills, your family, your upbringing. Tell us a bit about uh, our new Mayor Gonzalez. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank you for having me on your show. Yes, sir. Uh, well, my name is Adrian Gonzalez, and uh, I am. Uh, we have. A, I own a family-owned. Is myself, my brother-in-law, my dad, uh, EMS company, transport company, First Care EMS. Uh, so that's my daily job, mm-hmm. um, and was, I'm ready to serve. You know, I served in the city commission back in 2006. Uh, I was 25 when I got elected the first time and served on the commission and decided to jump and, and, and ran for school board, and I served on the school board for four years. So um, I thought, it, you know, for me, it was a dream of mine to, to run for mayor, and, and uh, the dream was fulfilled. <laughs> Is there an issue, Mayor? that uh, pushed you into this race. And this this is the one issue I want to take care of for the city of Westerco. Was there something like that? Well, the, one of the issues, of course, like uh, like most cities do have is, uh, in the Mid-Valley is our drainage. And um, mm-hmm. that's a big issue, and I want to make sure I, I go in there and tackle that issue and, and get with the rest of the commission and uh, make sure that everything is prioritized in the areas that need the, the help, get that help that, that that's needed. Uh, and also, you know, a lot of it was the accessibility to the people and giving that voice back to the people and being visible, you know, where people can come and, and approach me and, and tell me their issues. I, I fail to recall what the number was. I, I know you got a lot of flood remediation projects and it's an overall, there's an overall price tag to all of that. I know it's something the city can't pay for by itself. It needs county, needs state help. For, for something like that, do you recall what that is? I mean, if you were, if you had a chance to go ahead and purchase, you know, lay down some new pipe, dig some more holes in the ground for water retention, all these different projects, 
for flood remediation. Do you know what the overall price tag would be for the, the city of Westlake? Um, actually, no. I'm getting together with our city manager to get to go over all those okay. issues and all those, that number. You know, it's a number that I would like to, you know, to know. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, we don't have all the funding right now, but, you know, the, the, our job is to go after state and federal grants, and, you know, hopefully we can uh, get some of those funds so it doesn't cost the taxpayers any money, you know, because it's grant money, and work together, yes, with the county, and and our state and our state to see what we can do. Our new Westlake Mayor of Yan Gonzalez joining us. Yeah, Mayor Tim Sullivan here. I guess my first question is: uh, so, which ambulance company, which EMS company serves Westlake? Uh, we have our own. It's uh, uh, Westlake, uh, the Westlake Firefighters and EMS. Oh, okay, just wondering. So, yes, sir. You got a great thing going there on I two. The I-2 corridor, you got businesses popping up all over the place, got some big box stores, uh, national brands, local brands. How much of a priority are you putting on downtown West Laco, the downtown businesses, downtown improvements? What are your plans for, for downtown? Well, the downtown, we have some plans, you know, to beautify downtown, of course. You know, yes, we do have, uh, uh, it, is, it is very nice and it's getting developed off the of I-2 and, you know, our expressway and our frontage, you know, but we do want to put some, some love to, to the downtown area. But when I forget also, there is also some small town business owners that are, that do have businesses off the frontage. So we want to be equally, we want to help equally, you know, to everybody. And of course, you know, the downtown area is, is one of the areas that we want to pay, pay attention to, you know, actually tonight we have Alfresco mm-hmm. where there's several vendors that come and, and uh, set up shop there, and you know people from all over the valley go out, uh, come out and and uh, hang out there, and it's a beautiful event that the EDC puts together, and, yeah. and you know so, great weather too. You know <laughs> it, we're, we're we're trying to, we're gonna we're gonna go in there and try to help out where we can. Or try I'm gonna try to help out where 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 we can. You know myself and the city commission. So I'm really looking forward to it. And yes, downtown area is a, it, is a priority that we can uh, that we want to uh, beautify. Talk about the development of some industrial parks, too. I know we've spoken with the EDC director there a few times, and he's been um, working to uh, bring in whatever they can to uh, as far as filling up your industrial park there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, Steve, Steve uh, our EDC director, is doing a great job at the EDC, and uh, what I would love to do is maybe sit down with him. Well, actually, I do I have a meeting with them and um, see what we can bring. Uh, again, one of my main things was trying to attract manufacturing companies to come out here in the Mid-Valley and see what we can do and see if uh, they can come out here. I know Glaciers uh, is building a building out there, so we want to continue that. And my main thought, you know, I, I would love to bring a manufacturing company down here so we can um, see how we can attract them and at the same time provide us, you know, jobs for for our for our people here, and um, so yeah, that's one of my that's that's one of the things that I would like to do there at the industrial park. Being located Mid Valley provides an advantage for Westlaco to some degree. Y'all been very successful so far again with the industrial park issue um, that Tim was bringing up, you know, with Glaciers One, but HEB and their regional distribution and how they use it for logistics and distribution there. It seems like that might be a niche uh, a niche for for Westlake, being close enough to the future loop, close enough to future international bridge operations at uh, either Los Indios or Donna uh, as well, 
uh, with that. In the airport, of course, the airport expanding operations for business. Uh, you got quite a few assets uh, in your, you know, in your pocket that uh, you could yes, probably use to expand uh, more of a logistics and, as you said, manufacturing uh, push for Westlaco. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and again, it's it's Westlaco's. Uh, it, it's always been a great town, and now we're, it's like I said. You know, we have all the assets to be able to go and attract these these companies and, and businesses and stuff like that. So I want to take full advantage of that and, and be aggressive in going out there and and, and trying to pers- persuade these people to come to us to go. And like you said, we have the, we're, we're in the Mid-Valley. You know, we're in the Mid-Valley and all the valleys, all the Dial County is growing and Cameron is also, you know, growing. So being in the Mid-Valley is a, is a big, big advantage. You also have a potential and growth of the medical portion of it, which is, I know that, that is your bailiwick, that's your expertise. Okay, Mayor, well, we we uh, hope that you have lots of success there at City Hall and continue to help Westlake grow. Thank you for your time, Mayor. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless. God bless. Our new mayor for Westlake, Adrian Gonzalez. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Sonny Inahosa, our friend who will update us on the water situation in, in South Texas. Former GM over at one of our Hidalgo County Irrigation Districts. We refer to him now as our water advocate for South Texas. Sonny, welcome back. We had some nice rain a few days back, about four days, three, four days of some blessed rain. Rain totals, I do believe Brownsville was about four inches plus. Harlingen, three inches plus. McAllen, two and a half. Same thing for Westlaco. And I hear that Laredo and the lake may have gotten up to about three plus inches as well. Tell me quickly your thoughts on what this rain does for us uh, for the next several weeks. Sure. Well, good morning. Uh, first of all, the what the rain does for us when we get it here uh, where we use the water, it, it keeps us from having to request water to be released. <clears throat> so it helps in that aspect. We're basically shut down on, on irrigating, you know, cropland. Uh, our deliveries right now are strictly municipal as far as our district is concerned. And I will suspect, you know, be the same for others. But, you know, the, most importantly, it keeps us from having to request our water to be released, which that supply is dwindling. Um, you know, the latest figures we have are, are for the week ending November 4th. And, you know, we're at you know 20.9%, just a little over 700,000 acre feet of water. And once again, as we've talked about before, our, our chances of, of a tropical system bailing us out, you know, those, those chances are gone. So we'll be going into 2024 with, uh, you know, about 700,000 acre feet of water. And as, as I explained to, to you all the other day, 
you know, we have reserves in the system. So of the 700,000 acre feet we currently have, you know, 300,000 of that is reserves for municipal and an operational. So irrigation is left with 400,000 acre feet. And we sometimes we use on a dry year up to 1.2 million acre feet. So we're going to continue to to be short in that short. aspect. Yeah, we're way short. Easier numbers to understand. You told us this, this before, Sonny. Uh, we should be at about 35% U.S. ownership, right? Uh, Musselman, about 35% as we start. 35 irri- would, would carry irrigation. us over on an average rainfall year. Yeah. Yes, sir. And we're going to probably start the season maybe at about 20% if we're lucky, if the numbers don't go down. Uh, much further. Correct. Sonny Hinojosa, our water advocate, joining us on the morning news. Yeah, Sonny, Tim Sullivan here. So what is your forecast? What's your forecast going into next planting season next spring, taking into account the winter weather forecast, which calls for for it to be a little wetter anyway? Without water behind the dams, it's going to be hard for a farmer to invest and gamble that we're going to have sufficient water come into the system you know normally it's in in the august to october period that we get some kind of relief so we didn't get it uh we're going to start the year irrigation probably get 400,000 acre feet uh irrigation districts have have been curtailing their deliveries to their farmers for the last two years in the conversation we had yesterday, it appears, and I'll confirm this morning, that there's another irrigation district here in the valley that, that sees delivering irrigation water. So that'll be the third one in the valley. And, of course, we still have that one in, in Maverick County in Eagle Pass that, that stopped delivering water about a month ago. Mm. So, you know, one by one, we're going to be falling off like that because uh, there's no relief in sight. Uh, you know, the weather forecast still calls for uh, an El Nino season, mm-hmm. which it's going to be good. The forecast calls for above normal uh, chance of rainfall through about March or April of next year. And then we get back to an equal chance. Yeah. So if that happens, you know, once again, it keeps us from having to request water from storage. Uh, But as far as agriculture, it, 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 the outlook is pretty bleak for next year. You mentioned the reserves Uh, a moment ago. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Yeah. You mentioned the reserves a moment ago. How, how far can that take you? Well, the reserves, uh, there's a 225,000-acre-foot municipal domestic industrial reserve that is always kept behind the dams. That That's always there every month. And then there's a 75,000-acre-foot operational reserve that's there for losses, evaporative and, and conveyance losses. Now, that reserve can come down to zero uh, it fluctuates from zero to 75,000, but it ever, if it ever goes below zero or at zero, then they'll implement, they being the TCQ, a negative allocation, which has only occurred once in the history of the Watermaster program. So we're hoping we don't get to that point. And with the weather forecast the way it is, uh, we shouldn't see a negative allocation anytime soon. That usually... If it ever does occur, it's going to occur in the summer months when we have high evaporative and conveyance losses. When did that negative well, allocation occur? What what year was that? I think it was August, I think, of last year, of 2022. Oh, that's right. That's ringing a bell now, yeah. Yes. Sonny yeah. Nahosa, our water advocate, joining us. Update on the Rio Grande Valley watershed. We are at 
20.9, the official numbers, 20.9. And so there you go. We're below 21%. And we were approaching the all-time low of 19-ish percent. We're hoping that maybe the recent rain will help the watershed hold for about a week or two before the numbers start likely to keep going down. Sunny, and, and the numbers are yeah. the, 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 the decline is slowing down, not because we don't have the demand, but because we're running out of water. So fewer and fewer irrigation districts have water. So that They're we're not, not dropping the that. percent, yeah. you know, a week like we were. Now we might be dropping, you know, a, a few tenths a week. You mentioned TCEQ, um, Commission Environmental Quality, Texas, and of course IBWC, International Boundary Water Commission, all these people in charge of the river in part. Uh, they had a, a powwow last week in Westergo. Either if you attended or maybe some colleagues checked in with you, Anything come of the conversations they were talking about, you know, working or just bureaucratic, bureaucratic bloviating. That's kind of a cynical (laughs) chuckle that I hear from you, Sonny. Yeah, there you go. So what happened? I was on the road, so I I listened. I I called in. I listened to the to the meeting. And uh, and then we, we met again yesterday. It was probably a repeat. It, it's it's been frustrating. Uh, diplomacy with Mexico is not working. Um, the, really, the the meeting focused around the new minute that's supposed to be executed before the end of the year. There are many points that we're not in favor of, but it appears that the federal government is going to move forward with it. I think in the long run, it's going to hurt us, but in the short term, it may get us some water. Uh, like I said, we're not happy with many of the points, but we have no authority to convey anything. Basically, the meetings are to tell us what's going to happen, mm-hmm. not really seeking <laughs> it's our It's the input. end of the world. Okay, meeting adjourned. <laughs> it's another, in other words, nothing is, is going to happen, at least not from uh, Washington State Department, IBWC. Uh, the only thing that that could get us some water in probably three or four months would be uh, one of the concepts um, is to allow, you know, Mexico to assign part of their two thirds flow to the United States or an, and a transfer of water in the reservoirs that right now only exists after a cycle ends in a deficit, but they're trying to fix that to where Mexico can use that option at any time and not wait until the end of a five-year cycle. Yeah, That, that could get us some water. It, it would it would provide the vehicle for Mexico to do so. Mm-hmm. But once again, Mexico has to be willing to do so. Yes, and sir. so far, they have not yeah, Good luck with that. Yeah, we're halfway through the cycle. And uh, again, that's a transfer on paper. Uh, what we need is rain. And uh, hoping and praying that the El Nino pattern provides us week after week after week of rain. Not in the forecast right now. Seven, ten days, uh, 14 days, we're still dry. Let's see what happens. Thank you, Sonny. Our water advocate for South Texas, Sonny Hinojosa.
you're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids are running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. With SpaceX thrusting the Rio Grande Valley, Brownsville into the top of the news, and Elon Musk out there testing some of his big rockets. There is an economic impact to all of this, and we welcome again Helen Damides, or city manager for Brownsville. As I was communicating to you, Helen, I, I'm thinking much like last go around when we had that big test, hotels likely filled up pretty quick. Have you had a chance to assess with CVB or other folks how we're doing as far as hotel capacity and activity at the airport? What do you hear? Yes, no, great question. Good morning. Uh, last launch in April of this year, we had an increase in in hotel demand about about 30%, but we're pretty much sold out. We have a, over about 32 hotels and over 2,000 rooms. We also have um, over 300 short-term rentals, and those are fully booked through the weekend. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's great. Yeah. And the tourists are coming. Uh, we have an, uh, a, an app that kind of tracks where they're coming from, and it's you know from Norway, the, ne- the Netherlands, United UK, but all over uh, the nation as well. So we're really excited. That's wonderful, um, and. Do you are you able to gauge like some of the traffic and like private jets, private planes? Uh, I, I would imagine there's some star power to an event like this, this massive rocket, the test that Elon is conducting now and in the future. He, he gets a lot of friends that are you know high society that come and visit us. Are you able to track some of the the pri- private plane traffic at the airport? Yes, um, right now. <clears throat> Just from a commercial flight, now that we have Avello Airlines flying direct from Burbank, Hollywood, Orlando, and Vegas, we have 100% load capacity due to the launch that's been scheduled. It was scheduled for today, but it's rescheduled for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, in terms of inbound flights, they're consistently operating at 100% load capacity. And also, the increase in fixed space operators, which, you guys, which you're referring to those private jets. Yeah. We've had a surge in the, in the in the amount and need of hangars and just available spaces um, at our airport. The good thing is that we have space, right? So we're able to accommodate us. And the FBOs have informed us that really they're coming uh, from all over the world, underscoring the, the global enthusiasm for the event. So it, it is definitely an international showcase of South Potter Island, the region, Brownsville. So very excited for that. Helen Donitas. And also car, yeah. car rentals are also of, sold out. Of no course. car rentals. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably having to move some inventory from, from Harlingen and from McAllen to try to meet the demand for all the car rentals in the area. Helen Donitas, our city manager for Brownsville. Well, all around some great news. That is uh, quite the injection of economic activity. And since these tests are likely to take place, uh, 
often, I hope they're successful and don't require more regulatory uh, insight. Uh, it may, perhaps we might see two, three, maybe even more. And, and once, we hope and pray that they, that Elon Musk and company are very successful and are able to deliver people eventually to the moon and, and so on and so forth. We have that Mars spaceport, moon spaceport uh, here at the island. That should provide us a lot more economic activity, which, which begs the question, uh, or, is the, or the phone's ringing for permits to build more, more hotels. And uh, yes, right, because we we definitely <laughs> yes, need the space. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's you're right on point. Um, we we did uh, we are uh, permitting a, a embassy suites hotel with uh, you know full service restaurant and event space. And in addition, we have seven other hotels that are are also in the queue uh, through permitting. Um, and so we're really excited about just really hopefully bringing in, uh, you know, almost doubling our hotel capacity, right? Bringing in over a thousand rooms in the next two years. Have you had a chance to assess commercial construction in the area? Yes, I know the price of money is more expensive now, but in, in a boomtown situation that Brownsville is experiencing. And for the most part, all the real Grand Valley, it's like hammers are flying all over the place either for home construction or for commercial construction. Have you had a chance to assess the numbers right now compared to this time last year? Um, we do know that we've seen a consistent increase in commercial um, of over 30%. But what I can, can tell you, one of the numbers that we have assessed is for downtown Brownsville, $100 million of investment coming in just this year. And, um, and also... You know, new French restaurants, so new types of restaurants are coming in and opening up by first quarter of next year. So we're seeing a diversity in the types of restaurant, um, commercial, and also when we talk to the economic development corporations, they're seeing that finally the vendors that supply not only to SpaceX, but the LNG are already showing incredible interest of moving and expanding operations in Brownsville, Cameron County, so we're very yeah, excited about that, that. That's important to review that. Helen Domitis, our city manager for Brownsville, as SpaceX is in the news and, of course, thrusting Brownsville and the RGV to top of the news, all the conversations about these heavy rockets and the tests and, of course, the, the tourism spinoff from that. Uh, how much is SpaceX growing, Helen? I know they're doing a lot of construction, more mm-hmm. square footage, all that. Give us um, an idea of how quickly it's expanding and hiring more people at Boca Chica. Yeah, just to give you an idea, in 2019, they had about 500 people here at Starbase. And in, in 2020, 2021, they expanded out also to our Brownsville Airport. They leased about 100,000 square feet, over 100,000 in avionics there. But now they're at over 2,100 employees. So really within that short period, um, they've caught quadrupled uh, their their um, their employees here, not only at Starbase, um, and they're building that Star Factory, a yeah. mega factory which goes up up to 90 feet tall. Um, but also, I love the fact that they're at the airport as well. And you know, some people even work from home, so they're all over Brownsville as well as a city and live. Many of them live in the city, and we wow. have this. Great collaboration. We're going to have, we're going to host a post-launch event the first week of December with SpaceX 
to really kind of go over what we've seen and and post-launch and really the positive economic impact and the great impact to our kids. You know, the other day I had Hudson Elementary and Oliveira from Brownsville ISD, and I asked them how many had gone to visit and see SpaceX. I would say about 80% of those kids had been there. So we're really changing uh, generational thinking yes. and, and, and yes. you know, technology here. Yeah, our kids, Rio Grande Valley kids, they see the possibility now. They can, they can touch, almost literally go up and touch these rockets. They see them and they can dream now of the possibilities for their participation and, and human flight systems, propulsion systems, whatever it is that's involved in the del- delivery of people and payload into space thanks to SpaceX. And w- we have arrived, all these conversations through the years, that, that per- perhaps we could see these big warehouses and rocket assembly and, and other um, uh, manufacturing and uh, other um, assembly line type of work at Boca. We've arrived. It, it's coming. All that square footage, all those jobs are coming uh, to South Texas, which, of course, puts pressure back on you at, at City Hall for infrastructure, water, sewer, lights, uh, all the new neighborhoods coming up here as a result. And, of course, the, the massive flood coming thanks to liquefied natural gas at the port. <laughs> Thousands of jobs <laughs> that are coming. I don't envy your gig, uh, Helen. You're going to have to figure that out over City Hall. <laughs> Uh, provide all that infrastructure uh, continued success and thank you as always Helen for providing us some time and putting into perspective this economic boom that we are so much enjoying here in South Texas it's Helen Ramirez our city manager for Brownsville this is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know we are News Talk 710 KURV discover our Facebook page 710 KURV also Twitter I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.